0: This is Abrupt Future, the podcast on the future of work that happened faster than we thought. Each week, we feature conversations with experts in leadership, management, human resources, culture, and technology to help you succeed in this new normal. This is your host, Benoit Ardivali. Is work from home just work done from home? And what kind of personality succeeds in a remote environment? With Dr. Laura Hambly from Work Evolution, I discuss the concept, the challenge and the benefit of distributed work. Today on the show, we receive Dr. Laura Hambly, president and co-founder of Work Evolution, a firm that specializes in building high-performing leaders and teams in distributed, flexible and mobile workplaces. Laura, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining.
1: Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: So, Laura, we we talk a lot about distributed, flexible, and mobile workplace these days, more by, you know, obligation than choice. Do you want to give us a quick walkthrough to what we mean, especially about distributed work? What does that mean, and how is it different from flexible and mobile?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, Benoit. I'd be happy to do that. So, about six years ago, when we were starting work evolution, we had to land on a term that would capture the concept of when people were working away from one another or working apart. So, apart from your leader, apart from your teammates. And that can happen in a variety of ways. It can happen in globally distributed teams where people are working from different offices across the world. It can happen with telework or telecommuting where Some people are working from home and it can happen with flexible mobile or agile workplaces where people are working when and where they're most effective and in a combination of different settings, but they're still working apart some of the time. So we use the term distributed work to capture those different concepts of of working apart and lots of organizations use different terms for this concept. I think what we're going through with this COVID crisis is definitely working from home is happening a lot. And some people refer to that as remote work or telework. But distributed work today often is equivalent to working from a home office during this pandemic.
0: And Laura, you've been studying this sort of work arrangement for a while. Are there any myths about distributed work that you would like to share with the audience?
1: Well, I think... One of the uh, myths is that you can just start doing so immediately and you can work the same way that you did from the office and just continue your habits and practices from home. And that's actually not the case. Um, You need to adjust the way you're working. You need to work much harder at setting boundaries because the boundaries of the traditional office are no longer at play. And you need to work harder at communicating and collaborating in different ways than you would if you had the luxury of being together um, but i think that another myth is that uh, remote work is an all or nothing phenomenon um really uh, a balance of working from different locations is ideal so in my normal life i'll work two days from my home office and the other three days at my downtown office and obviously with the pandemic i'm working fully from home, but I mean, I, I would prefer more of a mix, to be honest, but I think there's a lot of people that will go through this situation and realize that there's some of their job that they actually are more productive uh, and more satisfied working from home.
0: And, and that's an interesting uh, thread, right? So do you have any perspective on the type of work or job or maybe the type of worker that are better in a distributed setting.
1: Well, I mean, type of job is one thing, so the extent to which a job can fit working remotely um, is a is a key question and in some ways over the years I've I've heard people say well my job I, I couldn't do remotely. I need to be in the office to do it. But then all of a sudden, there's this pandemic, and they're doing it from home, right? So some people, Mm -hmm. I think, have mental blocks about what what job tasks um, can actually be done through technology. So I think this is opening people's eyes and probably leading to a lot of aha moments in that way. And then the second part of your question, Benoit, is not only how does the job fit, but how does the person fit? And I mean, absolutely, uh, there's different things we look at in terms of how some people's personality traits fit better than others uh, for working remotely. And it doesn't mean you can't work remotely. It means that you need to put more strategies and learn how to adapt in a different way um, so that your personality traits don't work against you.
0: So, so then the, the key would be to, you know, once you figure out your type of, of personality to adjust, right? So if you're more introvert, extrovert, or, or you know, depending on, on the typology or nomenclature you use to, to define personality, it should be based on, on, on this sort of assessment rather than a a sort of a generic, uh, here's how you should work from home.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we sought out a number of years ago to measure if there was a personality profile for remote workers. And and in fact, based on all of our research, we did uh, come up with a profile that is a valid and reliable predictor of distributed or remote work uh, success. So it really gets uh, 11 different personality traits and things like uh, how quick-starting you are. So if you think about someone who's a procrastinator, it would be easier to procrastinate when you don't have the structure of the office around you and eyes around you, <laughs> right? And it would yeah. be at home. So, but it doesn't mean that someone who's not quick-starting can't adapt. They just need to put things in place to do so effectively.
0: And and on, on that uh, topic, right, because we... We, we We saw a lot of articles in the last few weeks about people who used to be in isolation, whether it 's submariners I've saw some from astronauts, right people who had to deal with again a form of long term self isolation and and they all developed a couple of coping mechanisms but from your perspective, what do you think were best to develop the the self-discipline, right? What are the the right thing to do if we want to acquire as much as possible that, that structure and, and discipline to work alone?
1: Well, I, I mean, again, some personality types are going to have more of a challenge uh, with that than others. Diligence is one of the traits that we look at. So somebody who persists and follows through on on what they commit to. So if you're high on diligence, it's, it's easier to say, I'm going to... Uh, commit to these tasks today and this schedule and I'm going to deliver and I'm going to push through and plow through. Whereas someone lower on diligence, they're going to have to rely on more cues, more reminders. They're going to have to be held accountable um, to deliverables more so that they they have that structure around them and they um, can get things finished in that way. So I, I think having those conversations with your colleagues about where you might be uh, having some challenges. Um, And we like to have those open dialogues to say, you know what, I'm really good at this, but I'm not so good at um, getting started early on a task. Uh, You know, I I just want you to know that so that um, maybe you can... Remind me of it next week, or if I'm not getting it to you, you know, give me a nudge or whatever. So, I mean, we all have weaknesses. It's about understanding where they are and supporting each other.
0: Well said. What about managers, right? I'm, I'm guessing there's also a an, a an effect of the the personality of the manager and the personality of the direct report. But h- how can manager adjust remote and distributed work? Yeah, that's
1: a really good question. So as we were assessing people's personality um, traits for remote work, we were hearing more and more over the last six years that it's managers that can be one of the biggest stumbling blocks because they Mm -hmm. are concerned about leading people they can't see. Um, And so we decided to embark on some research and we had been doing years of research on remote leadership, but we we really worked hard to launch the Distributed Leader Profiler to really get at what are the key attributes. So like you said, Benoit, there's personality attributes that make a leader more successful at remote leadership. One of those would be trust. So your propensity to trust. And some of us are more naturally trusting than others. But where a leader falls on that attribute is predictive of how easy a transition it's going to be. Um, And likewise, we also look at their skills. Um, So how good are they at managing remote meetings? And that's a skill set that you develop. Um, It's a skill set that takes work and practice, um, and it's a very important one. Another important skill set is communication medium match. So learning which communication medium to choose for your purpose. So whether it's um, an asynchronous uh, communication like email that's way overused, whether it's asynchronous uh, chat type communication, um, whatever it is, and turning on that video when you need to as a leader is important. So we look at how skilled they are in those areas, and then we look at the different capabilities um, that our model has come up with on how good they are at managing relationships, flexibility, productivity, and culture. And it's very interesting. We've seen all kinds of outcomes on this assessment. And most importantly, we've been able to help a lot of leaders to do this better.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to come back to the uh, the element of uh, trust. I was reading a uh, an article where you were quote saying, you know, to answer the question, how can I manage someone that I can see? And my answer, and this is you, Laura, speaking, is that how, how do you know someone is working when you can see them? Are you looking over their shoulder? No, you're emailing them from down the hall, right? So it doesn't necessarily make sense to to think that because they are at home, now suddenly I cannot trust you and now I don't know what you're doing because, well, in the office, how much do you really know about what your employees are doing? And, and is that even the right question to ask?
1: Yeah, it's uh, more important to know what are my p- employees delivering. And what goals are they achieving to help move our business forward? That's the question to ask, and it's not correlated with how many hours a day they're sitting in a seat It, it isn't it's core, you know it it depends on a lot of factors and uh and if you put trust in your people and you hire the right people and they are well supported and trained, you don't need to see them five days a week, eight hours a day. You just don't
0: exactly right you You replace outcomes and achievement instead of busyness and presence. How can we help managers because we we saw, we see that in so many organizations where managers now in the last few weeks they have to rapidly switch to this trust based type of engagement. What are the the good practices or the good messages? that organization can put in place to to nudge their manager into being a little bit more trustworthy.
1: Okay. Or trusting. Yeah, trusting um, and trustworthy. I think both of that is important. So if you're a leader, um, you need to be trustworthy. So if you say you're going to deliver something or review something or approve something, that you either do it or you say if you have to be delayed. So um, the best leaders are the ones that, communicate regularly and say, I received this, but I'm not going to be getting back to you for two days because I have some other priorities, right? Rather than just nothing. And silence is not a good thing. Silence leads to distrust, frustration, etc. So I think I'm having a synchronous, you know, a constant line of communication just for having a sense of where people are at, when they're available, um, is a really good way to stay engaged with your team and that doesn't mean micromanaging it means just being available and in the loop and reachable um, uh, to your team and
0: and (laughs) that's probably even more important in a context of a crisis like we're having right now
1: absolutely I, i really recommend actually daily team huddles we call them and a daily team huddle can be anywhere from 15 minutes even 10 minutes to 30 minutes Um, and it's usually a small team and it's talking about what are the priorities of the day and how is it how's everyone doing and what are we going to tackle and it's a checkpoint where you can quickly address any issues and um, be on the same page Um, so normally I wouldn't do daily huddles it depends on your business but I'm doing daily huddles right now with my own team I mean it's so important that everyone is Focused and supported versus out there in the ether from their home office, you know, stressing or wondering what to work on out of these 10 different priorities.
0: And in the last few weeks, since the start of the crisis, probably had a lot of uh, conversation with different type of clients. I'm just curious to see if you have any um, perspective on industries, have you found that certain type of industries adapt a bit faster to distributed work? And and maybe sometime it could be for um, technology reason, but but beyond technology, culturally speaking, have you seen a difference from one industry to another?
1: Oh, that's a really, I mean, good question for sure. We've been putting on webinars and things and getting people from across industries. And I, I really think the ones that are adjusting easiest are good with technology, right? So they've had the technologies in place at their office, and they are able to more quickly transition those type of communication technologies um, to remote. And uh, those that are not as tech savvy, and tech savvy actually is one of our leader skills that we assess on our A leader profiler and if you're not that tech savvy as an organization you'll have more trouble because I mean let's face it there's just such a reliance on technology when we're working remotely it's like not having an arm if we lose technology we need technology on a regular basis every every day um so I think in some office environments you might not rely on it you know all the time (laughs) um but The more that you already rely on technology and do well with it, the easier of a transition it would be and that we've seen with our clients.
0: For sure. I mean, just to share a personal example, I woke up this morning and my Wi-Fi was not working properly. I spent two hours nervously trying to fix that. I I thought I was dying. Like, (laughs) Oh, my God, I cannot live without Wi-Fi.
1: Exactly. Here's another interesting thing I have noticed, though. So would you agree, Benoit, that? There's Meetings are overdone. There's too many meetings in organizations, period.
0: Oh, yes. And the
1: meetings often don't have an agenda ahead of time. It's not well thought out. Does everyone absolutely need to be at this meeting? And there's not clear deliverables from the meeting. On
0: average. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an issue we see, you know, in, in, in client and even in my own organization, we, we had that. I think we become better over time. But I would say globally in, in the business world. Yeah. Ask people if they would like to have more meetings. I don't know anybody who would feel like, that they need more.
1: Exactly. So but what I've seen during this difficult pandemic time is that organizations have moved remote and they're having just as many meetings, if not more meetings, than they did when they were in the office. Instead, they're using a platform, right? Be it Zoom, WebEx, Skype, GoToMeeting, whatever it is, and they're just on there all the time. And what I'm hearing from our clients is that they're not having enough time to get focused work done. Uh, And the risk with that is when you don't have enough time, then you're working the evening and you're working the weekend. And this is an incredibly important time for work-life wellness and to stay ahead of our mental and emotional health and our physical health. So if we're working too much, um, it's not going to be good for us as a society.
0: And would you agree then that, um, we almost need managers to be, I don't want to say a wellness coach, but certainly being mindful that they're not just managing resources or employees. They are supporting individuals who have life so that it's its not just a new way of working. It's a new way of living. Management need to understand that.
1: Exactly. And each of us is a, a human being. And it's so important to understand um, what each person's scenario is. Um, and what they're dealing with in their lives um, so that we can humanize uh, this workplace, especially when we're expecting people to work from home. Um, And some of us have children at home, uh, and that's beyond our control right now. Uh, So just understanding and supporting and being a little more patient and a little more flexible than you would normally be during this time frame.
0: And I don't know if it's the crisis, but I mean, it probably is. But I noticed that in the last few weeks, in all of my calls, all of my video conference, people take the time to ask each other, how are they doing? And there's always, you know, a few minutes at the start where, you know, everybody starts sharing what's their their situation or sometimes venting, right? But But there's a lot more personal connection, people talking about their personal life in work context, because some people, you know, face the challenge of living alone, other it's dealing with children at home. I mean, just before the the start of the episode, you and I were talking about how we both have children and, and statistically, it's surprising that none of our family has jumped into the conversation so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, knock on wood, we might be able to, to keep uh, carrying on the, a little bit. But um, I don't know, from a personal experience, I've seen a lot more humanity in, in connection and, and relationship. So curious to see if, if you saw something like that. We
1: absolutely have. And I think it's it's absolutely critical right now. But I would argue that not all managers are natural at that, especially if you're very task and performance focused. And perhaps you're Mm. more on the introverted side and you're not as verbally expressive or maybe you're not as high on empathy, uh, which is another personality trait that we look at in our profiler. We look at leaders' um, amount of empathy um, because it predicts remote work success. Right. So if you're lower on empathy, it'll take that extra effort to say, and tell me how you're doing. How are your two kids doing? are they managing with school going online now, right? Um, where So we just yeah. have to understand yeah. that if something's not natural to us, we're going to have to work a little harder on it as a remote leader.
0: Well said, well said. Well, I, I think the future of work, you know, happen again a lot faster than, than we thought and, and without uh, without our decision. Um, maybe to conclude, what else would you like the listener to know about distributed work, especially as we are facing weeks or months of confinement? And then even if there's some kind of a new normal after that, everybody agree that there will be a lot more distributed work than there were before. So a few parting thoughts for the audience
1: oh wow i mean from a work evolution perspective um this uh, this is something we've been evangelizing for years right and you know the the benefits of remote work how you save the commute time it's better for work-life wellness uh it it just adds um so many different variables to people's lives and it can actually save real estate costs parking costs uh, gas and emissions from vehicles on the road every day, even if we can cut people down by 40%. So, if we could cut two days out of everyone's five day work week where they're working remotely, we could essentially eliminate a lot of gridlock if that was spread out across five days. Um, so, I mean, there's benefits we've been pitching for years, and it helps engage and retain talent. Especially the millennials and the Gen Z, they want flexibility and mobility. Um, they also want a whole bunch of other things, right? They want to learn and be mentored and be part of a culture. But it doesn't mean they can't have both. That They can't work in an organization that gives them flexibility plus those other things. So long story short is what this crisis has led to is this widespread sudden adoption of remote work and I think there's one of two ways it's going to go I mean I think there's going to be cases where it's going to flop because people were thrown into it and once the office is open again there'll be those managers that say get back in here <laughs> right we're not going to go through this. we need you in here this is just too hard um but the ones who are more progressive um, and strategic about it will say okay what worked and what didn't And let's really look at this through the lens of innovation and how we could adjust and adapt to the new normal, and be ready for the next pandemic, and allow our people to work in combinations of remote and office, be more mobile, flexible, and agile. So I think that will the the leading leaders of the pack and the strategic organizations will take that as an opportunity. And this was a pilot. This was a pilot that was messy. And thrown together, but nonetheless, it's a pilot to look at what worked and what needs to be better and how we can work differently. Going
0: forward, fantastic. Well, on these good uh, thoughts, uh, I would like to thank you for spending the time with you, sharing your experience, your knowledge. Where can we learn a little bit more about? Sure. That? So,
1: workevolution.com. The evolution has an OH in it um, for my co founder Tom O'Neill and myself. So, workevolution.com. And then we also have um, LinkedIn, Instagram. Facebook and Twitter channels. Uh, we're sharing a lot of information these days. We're doing free webinars. We are doing lots of blog articles. And we're trying to get the world, word out there globally because um, this is a topic that is global right now. And there's uh, a tremendous need to do remote work well and to stay healthy and do our part in society. So we're happy to contribute and happy to Have you visit our website or contact me directly, laura at workevolution.com.
0: This was Abrupt Future. I hope you learned something valuable. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And Any feedback or rating is greatly appreciated. On LinkedIn and in real life, my name is Benoit Hardy-Valley, and I thank you for your time.